Hi, Thomas. Hey, Sam. Do 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 podcast music to start the show because we're a podcast and we get a lot of episodes and listeners. We get a lot of listeners, but no one's paying. Send us your money. Patreon.com slash thinking religion. It's easy. 2018's our year, Thomas. We're gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna breach the walls of five thousand uh, downloads per show. Oh yeah, we can do that easily. We're not that far away, right? We just gotta yeah, we just gotta double it. And then not not to give you our numbers. I mean I've got a big button on my desk, you know, it's firm and it's ready to push 2,500. Uh, yeah. So if, if we can get a five grand, that's going to be awesome. But that means that you people who've been listening to the show for a long time and, and continue to listen. And we thank you for, for the, the responses and the retweets and the, and the Facebook stuff, not to pitch you at first, but this is what I do for a living. Uh, make sure, make sure that you, you give us your money at patreon.com slash thinking religion. Cause we, we want to get Thomas into, um, into full time, uh, uh, podcasting in 2018, right? Then I might actually learn how to be good at it. <laughs> well, you got to listen to podcasts. To oh, is that what I got to do? <laughs> I don't know. But so many of them, so many of them now are, oh, we talked about this a lot, right? But so many of them now are just radio shows and that's not. No, see, see, you're, you're going for big podcasting. It, it's like, it's like when you watch TV and you just flip on like how I met your mother, like, yeah, it's going to be a little funny, but it, you're not going to get the same oomph out of it as, as if you were to watch a David Lynch movie. Right. So Mahalo Drive still holds up. Um, I, I, so I, I, I've got a whole list of, of stuff and I'm sure other people do. Tell us what you're listening to. I, I know there's uh, some some of our listeners have actually been on other shows and, and, and they reference us back and all that kind of stuff, like the Church Over Coffee folks we talked about last week. Um, but there's there's lots of good sort of um, you know, cultural podcasts out there. Some of them, yeah, they're by Slate or you know, 538 or whatever, but, um, you know, there are people doing some really interesting, cool, cool stuff out there. Roderick on the line is one of my favorite shows. I'll put a link in the show notes. It, it's a, it's a, it's a show about nothing really. It's kind of like Seinfeld, but it's, it's, it's a, a guy named John Roderick who was, um, uh, a big indie rock star back in the early two thousands. Not big, but kind of his, he's from Seattle. Good guy. Uh, he was one of my favorite bands, the, the long winters. And he's on the show with a guy named Merlin Mann, who was once internet famous as like a, a productivity guy. Who was once internet famous. <laughs> that's what he said. That's, that's, that's a good way to put it. Well, I mean, so you think about that. Okay. <laughs> so it's a fun show. In, in reality, I mean, our show is kind of a show about nothing too, right? It's ostensibly about religion, but it's really just about whatever we want to talk about. Um, <laughs> Much to the chagrin <laughs> of people who tune in for the first time. <laughs> and then write us long emails talking about our... Yeah. yeah. Um, we love it. But it, it helps to already be, you know, Seattle famous or, you know, formerly internet famous to then do a show like that because you already have, you know, baked in people who like you and want to listen to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we, we've got a little bit of fame. Is that what you yeah, call it? <laughs> fame makes the man. Mm-hmm. It was Bowie's birthday this week. Um yeah, well, I mean, you know, we uh, got we we could, we've got a little bit of, of name recognition, not not among the Calvinists, but in you know, in terms of uh, in terms of, of a little bit of the tech world, <laughs> the tech I, world. I, I, yeah, I spoke at Web two point in two thousand and seven. You you are you know formerly internet famous, maybe not in the Merlin Man level, but <clears throat> I went I went to best blogger at a at a Web two point conference, and yeah, that's not for nothing, right? No, no. I mean, you know, I peaked early. I was like the the quarterback in high school who 
still wears his varsity jacket. I worked at Google, you know, it, it happens. Anyway, um, yeah, so give us your money so we can get Thomas full time and, and spread the word. If you don't want to give us your money, just tell other people about us, especially if you're in, in the academy or especially if you're um, a, a preacher, like you can preach about our shows. I've done that before. You should definitely preach about our shows. But if you do, if you preach about our shows, you have to let us know. That's in the fine print. Yeah, you have, it, it's a creative comments with attribution. Exactly. You gotta, you just gotta let us know. Uh, There's another show you should listen to called the called the Flop House, which is a terrible name, but it's a uh, it, it's a show about movies ostensibly, like kind of like we're about religion. Right. But it, right. it's it's three four guys, and they used to get really drunk and, and talk about movies. But it's the funniest show you'll you'll ever listen to. That's that's a good indie podcast as well. So I don't know. I I, I listen to more podcasts when I watch TV shows, which is weird. Yeah, and I watch. I definitely watch more TV than I listen to podcasts because I don't listen to very many. Podcasts. You don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it is um, it po- listening to podcasts is for the most part a solitary activity. Yeah, right? it is. I don't have a, and I know you don't have a commute, but I don't have a long enough commute to listen to podcasts. It takes me from my driveway to park on campus max 15 minutes in the morning. Okay. Yeah, but you've got AirPods. Um, yeah, I do have AirPods. So, you know, I could potentially do it while I'm sitting at my desk, but that's a little bit more complicated with meetings and stuff like that and people coming in and out. But, uh, you know, you, you have a little bit more flexibility in what you can do, what you can wear, et cetera, in your office environment. <laughs> um I changed from pajamas at, at 11 o'clock this morning Nice, nice. And, I, and I took an hour long nap. It was great. So, yeah, but I would, no, I would, that'd be interesting to hear um, what our, you know, what our listeners, what their other favorite shows are. I mean, we know we're obviously close to the top of the list, but uh, what are the other things that you listen to that, um, that you're really into? Don't have to be about religion, um, but about anything. I'd, I'd be interested in, in seeing that list for sure. Yeah, we should make a, we should make like a Google doc. Where we can share our favorite shows. There's, there's another uh, podcast I listen to called Grumpy Old Geeks, mm-hmm. which is a fun show. Um, and they, I'm sorry if you're hearing talking. I clicked on a CNN link. They uh, they have a Clash of Clans, <laughs> uh, um, clan. Have you ever yes. heard of Clash of Clans? Yes, I've heard of Clash of Clans. I'm just asking. <laughs> It's a good. It's a good they, game. They have commercials on TV. Do they? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Right. What of those games do now? No, no, no. Not Clash of Clan. Clash Royale. Clash Royale. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Okay. I've heard of that too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I actually play that, and I'm, I'm getting pretty good. So my daughter's got me into it. Ten year old, and uh, <laughs> and and we're in a we were in a clan together, but I, I dumped her. So now I'm in this other clan with this podcasting community, and it's really interesting because it's it's you can only have fifty people in a clan, but. Uh, and there's like this constant kind of Slack channel uh, talking all day, like about the show and, and stuff that, you know, is on the show or whatever. And, and then we fight each other. Um, so not, not that our listeners want to play Clash of Clans or Clash Royale. I'm sorry. It's probably all the same stuff, right? But uh, it, it's a fun, it's a fun show, fun, fun game. I, I don't play a whole lot of games. So that's, that's my, the iPhone or Android device. That's, that's my thing. That's boring radio. No one wants to hear that. But speaking of tech. Yeah, so you should update everything that you have uh, immediately. So if, if you get the little, if you're an Apple user and you get the little red one on your settings app or, it, you know, I know you don't look at your settings app, 
but you need to look at your settings app. And if there's a one there, go ahead and click that and update, please, please, please. There are two major, major flaws out there. There's a link down in the show notes. You can read more about it. Um, but basically, the Intel chipset is is kind of been, <laughs> kind of been trashed. Uh, there, there are two major flaws going back to sort of the beginning of time, uh, <laughs> back, back to the, the uh, late 80s, early 90s. And one's called Spectre and one's called Meltdown. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into exactly what it is, but especially if you have a Windows device, I've gotten two updates on my Windows uh, desktop here, um, which I keep you know fairly up to date because we do a lot of development stuff on it. But I'm always kind of going through the updates to make sure nothing's going to break like an Adobe product. These are not going to break your computer, but you ne- definitely need to update these as soon as you can if your computer's connected to the internet, which it probably is. Um, it's a big deal. So Spectre and Meltdown, uh, both of those. Scary names, and that's on purpose. Um, so anyway, if you have an Intel chip set, which I would say 90% of you do, probably make sure that that you're following your update regimen. And it's just good hygiene in general. We've gotten to the point now, especially on mobile devices. Hey, it's been a long time. Pups, yep. Especially on mobile devices. Uh, if you're not updating regularly, like you're you're really putting yourself in danger, even on iOS. Um, there, there are things like stage fright last year and all sorts of uh, kind of kernel flaws and, and bugs that just pop up because we're, we're using these residual systems. And even though iOS and Android are two completely different things, um, you know, Android is basically based on the Linux kernel, which has been around since 1992 with with Linus Torvalds. So please just make sure that you're you're updating your stuff. Uh, nothing is secure anymore. Everybody's out to get you. And it doesn't matter if you don't think you're important. You will be hacked if you're not updating your stuff, especially if you're on Android or, or Windows and you're connected to the web. So that's my PSA. No, that's good. That's good. Of course, what I'm thinking about the whole time maybe some of our listeners are too, is Spectre is the newest Bond, the latest Bond movie, right? This is the name of the latest James Bond movie. And um, you may not know this, but, uh, you know, Bond aficionados would, but is I think it's in Dr. No, isn't it? In the, in the first Bond movie that you actually get the name of the big organization that Bond is fighting and the name of the organization is Spectre. Right. It never comes up again until the most recent Bond movie, which was what, 50 years later. So um, so that's what I'm thinking with the Spectre stuff. I'm like, hmm, what if they thought about that? You know, the big Bond organization, probably not. But Wait, anyway, I, th- I thought that's, what, that's where in, I was uh, going. What was the one where... where- it was Connery. They couldn't get Connery to do it, so they got another guy to do it. Nineteen sixty-eight or nine? No, I know which one. Um, no, that wasn't. I thought Spectre was in that. No, I think it was in Doctor No. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was definitely Doctor No. And I think that's the only time that it yeah, comes up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but it's. I think yeah, so. Let's yeah. see. Um, so, so uh, like this, this one guy, Scott Hanselman on Twitter says, explaining meltdown to a non-technical, non-technical spouse. Hey, honey, or not honey, but yeah. You know uh, how we finish each other's, and the, the spouse replies, sandwiches? And he says, no, sentences, but you guessed sandwiches, and it was in your mind for an instant, and it was a password, and someone stole it while, while it was there fleeting. So the idea for the, especially with meltdown, is that basically the way chips these Intel chipsets work, uh, you have quantum states. And I'm going to get really nerdy because I was a science teacher too. <laughs> it was like, okay, there goes the Boom. show. Listeners, 5,000 right here. So basically, we're, it, it's a quantum exploit, which is really freaking awesome if you think about it. 
but at the same time, it's, it's kind of scary. So even if, uh, you know, you're, you're not doing anything wrong on your, on your computer or your machine or your mobile device, whatever, and just triggered my internet of things, Alexa device. Sorry, Hello. Sure. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, you can, uh, you can get exploited just because of the quantum state and the quantum nature of, of computing these days. Um, anyway, it, it's, it's pretty in-depth, high-level, scary stuff. So just update, update, update. Yeah, run your updates. It's just it's just a good thing to do in general, but especially now. Yeah. Let's say you get to a library that has a special collection you're not allowed to access, but you want to read one of the books. You go to the librarian and you say, I'd like book number one and the, and the uh, Sue Grafton novel that corresponds to the first letter of page one of that book. The librarian dutifully goes and gets special book number one, looks at page one, sees C, and also grabs C as for corpse, and comes back to the desk, but does not show you the books. Librarian scans a card and then scans the first book and says, sorry, you don't have access to that book. Anyway, so another uh, example of, of what we're trying to do here. So another analogy to try to. Yeah, you can read all that. It, it's really interesting stuff if, if you care about your security and your identity on the web, but you should. Um, and if you care about your security and your identity in the future, you know what you should do. You should give to thinking religion at Patreon. What, 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 what are you thinking? You should vote Oprah 2020. <laughs> I could barely say it with a straight face. Well, you know, we, we do have a president now, a president of a president uh, uh, who, you know, is a TV star who uh, one side likes and the other side doesn't, you know, really like. Um, good, good brand recognition. She's always on the cover of her own magazine. Got a beautiful house in Santa Barbara that <laughs> I've seen. Yeah. I've actually been to the house. Yeah. I've never been inside of her house, but I've been to her house in Santa Barbara. It, it is beautiful. Um, what else? So I think this is. She's a billionaire. I think this is an important discussion. She's a billionaire. Yeah, exactly. There's that too, right? Um, I mean, it, it's you know when you step back and look at it, it's like okay, we've already done this experiment with TV, you know, billionaire TV star running for president. We see how it worked out this time. Granted, Trump and Oprah are not the same. I get that. There's no question about that. But I mean, this is this is problematic for a number of reasons. But it, you know, it's it's also kind of problematic in how quickly so many people jumped to, oh yeah, she like should NBC run for president. Did with their tweet, right? She, right, she gave she gave well, a I was good say, speech. Wait, let's back up maybe and, and talk about the speech. I, I watched it. Did did you okay. see it? I saw it afterward. Yeah, I, didn't I didn't see it yeah. that night, but I yeah, didn't so what, see it the next day. Describe it for our, our beautiful listeners who are the best listeners in the world. Yeah, no. It, so it's a, it, it was a good it was a good speech that she gave where she talked about um, how she grew up and she talked about um, you, you know kind of this moment in time and that we you know, basically, you know, young women, like you don't have to, you know, we are kind of uh, rewriting the future. I, I forget kind of all of the, you know, words that she used, but it was a, it was a good speech, right? She, she gave this, you know, it had all the elements of what might make for a good political speech, right? Here's how I grew up. And, you know, here is something that inspired me. Now it was um, particularly related to the award that she was winning there. Um, but, you know, talking about, uh, being inspired by you know other African Americans, talking about being inspired um, by Rosa Parks, and then kind of taking that into the future, right? With this call to action, it was a good speech. 
Um, and, you know, maybe it's because the Seth Meyers joke earlier in the night. Did you see that where he had, he had said, you know, oh, I, hey, Oprah, um, you know, basically some people think that the, the joke that I made at the course, White House Correspondence Center a couple years ago about, you know, Trump not running, uh, that he would never be president if he ran. Um, some people say that that convinced him to run. So I'm going to say to you, Oprah, you'll never be president. You don't yep. have what it takes, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Like it was a joke, right? And so maybe those two are connected. Um he made this joke. She gives a good speech. And then a quote unquote light bulb went off in everybody's head like, oh, shit, she should be president. And I guess the thing that I mean, there's a lot of things that bother me. I, I don't I mean, Oprah's fine. I, I like her just fine. I, I there are definitely some areas where I would take issue, particularly in um, the kind of overarching narrative that she is subscribed to and has been pushing at least for the past couple decades. Um, but I think that there's, I just don't think this is the moment in our country where we need to be trying to put more of the wealthiest of the wealthy in power, even if we happen to agree with them on certain issues or they happen to be quote unquote on our side. Um, so I I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's problematic. Um, just because, you know, we may like her designs and read her magazine and have enjoyed her show and, you know, have all these great clips from that with, you know, Tom Cruise jumping on the couch and professing his love. Um, and, you know, you get a car and you get a car and you get a car, right? Maybe she could do that with, with healthcare. That'd be great. You get health insurance and you get health insurance and you get health insurance. Sure. Like if the policies actually come through, that'd be a good little shtick. That'd be fun. Um, but I don't know. Right. But we have this, uh, I think in America, we have this kind of obsession with celebrity and for some reason have convinced ourselves that if you can become famous, you must clearly have what it takes to be a politician. Yeah. Well, I mean, and let's, you know, to use the words of Professor McConnell at Gardner-Webb School of Divinity, let, let's unpack this a little bit. Um, to me like a lot of this really does kind of get back to that, that notion of um, reality TV, you know, the blurring of the lines between sort of living your own life and then participating in somebody else's life and being able to, you know, rail against Snooky or, you know, whatever, um, you know, kind of, kind of substituting yourself into that picture, which is what reality TV was designed to do back in, you know, the two thousands. Um, whether it was Big Brother or, you know, a, a real world, real American world. Idol, those things that came. Yeah, Road, road rules. rules. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Road Rules, 90s. Yeah, we used to, God, we used to watch so much uh, Road Rules. Oh, my God. That was the MTV one, right? Yeah, holy crap. Yeah, yeah. And the spring break thing, yeah. Um, You know, so our generation kind of grew up with that. And there, there's such an impact from that quote reality TV kind of shtick and, and the dozens and dozens and dozens of shows, you know, many of which you've never heard of, but they have millions of, or, you know, hundreds of thousands of viewers. Um, and, and, and you, I'm not gonna say you, you get conditioned, but all of a sudden you have this panel of three or four people, or you have 
uh, like like Top Chef. I mean, we we watch Top Chef religiously here. Mariana and, and I are are big fans of Top Chef, and it was in Charleston last year, so it was a big deal when you know when it came out uh, with this new season, and we were very excited about it. But it's it's a panel of three or four, you know, judges, one that's rotating, kind of like American Idol or The Voice or America's Got Talent or whatever, which my my ten year old loves America's Got Talent. Um, and it's all about you know this performance, and then you get judged, which is exactly what Donald Trump kind of saw and and played into with The Apprentice. Because it's, you know, the, the what's his name? The guy behind it, Mark something. Ah, I forgot. Mark Burnett. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the guy yes. who did Survivor also did The Apprentice. Uh, same network, NBC. And, uh, you know, Celebrity Apprentice and all those shows that, that Trump did. And he, he saw in Trump that same kind of bravado, but kind of like wild character that isn't cerebral enough or something like Shark Tank, which is yeah, not a bad show, but but it's not right. a very cerebral <laughs> show. But, you know, and like Mark Cuban is a pretty bright guy. Um, but Donald Trump is not. And I, I think Burnett kind of was able to exploit that and, and, and that brand and really grow that brand. Um, so now we, we've gotten to this point where, you know, Oprah is the ultimate reality TV star. You know, we all know Oprah. We all grew up. I, I, I remember coming home from school and, and uh, you know, walking in and, and having my mac and cheese or whatever at four o'clock after school. And what's on? Oprah. From four to five every day, you know, for the rest right. of your life. Yeah. I mean, I think that that would be an interesting question is what is her level of name recognition, right? She regularly uh, pulls very highly in kind of the um, – like most, I can't imagine there's any English speaking person in the um, U.S. of a certain age. Or, I mean, I mean that's gotta my be, question. It's got to be 100. percent right? I mean, if not 95, maybe. But yeah, I mean, I, I just think you know, she's kind of the ultimate reality star. So when we see her, it's like, well, yeah, you're not going to vote against Oprah, and you know what? She she fits the demographic we were looking for too, which is you know, uh, right. Which I think is another you know factor. Uh, drawing people to her, I think that I think that's absolutely right. She's got the name recognition, but her, you know it's it's kind of crazy how quickly we forget um, how good Hillary's polls were, right? I mean, Hillary still um, wins like you know most admired woman in the world, like she wanted or whatever. Isn't that, I don't know if that's the exact name of, it, but she won that again this year. Um, and you know how her polls are always way better when she's not running for office. When she is, they go down, right? So if Oprah put her hat in the ring, of course her uh, polls would go down. There's you know, and they've been you know people have been off and on polling Oprah against other people for a long time. Um, but so I think you're right. I think the reality TV uh, part of it is definitely a, an important aspect that that has made people um, jump toward figures like this. But you know, I don't think that the kind of celebrity equals, you know, good politician is necessarily yeah, that new. Not, right? I mean, obviously the the right. Republican Jesus is Reagan who was an actor, right? Um so so I think that that's not necessarily anything new. I, I think it's I think it's sad, right? And we've talked before on the show about kind of the death of expertise and and things like that and this idea that it doesn't actually take any work or knowledge to be a good politician, which is not true. It takes a lot of hard work and yes, they can't, they're not experts in everything and they're you know not experts in most of what they do, 
Um, but it still takes a, a lot of knowledge, a lot of hard work. You know, you have good staff that can do the work, but you got to be able to interpret it, which we've seen like Trump does not have the capacity to do right this week when you know they're apparently trying to show the world that he doesn't have any you know cognitive disabilities. And he has this quote unquote negotiation or whatever, <laughs> talking about immigration and DACA. He's and he's just like, he's just agreeing, yeah. right, right? To what everybody says. And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I agree. A clean DACA. And he has to have Republicans jump in and say, actually, no, like that's not the Republican stance. Like he doesn't understand. He, I think you're right, right? He doesn't have the cerebral capacity to understand even the basics of what he is, the what was the foundation of his campaign, which is immigration. Okay. Um, so, so it takes a lot of work to be a good politician. And and this idea that because you were able to, quote unquote, build a business, which obviously Oprah's done very well, at, right? Or you were just able to become famous, which a lot of people now have, have done a pretty good job at, that that somehow then qualifies you to be a politician at any level um, is, yeah, it is kind is. of beyond. I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit, though, because I think. I mean, I, I deal with this every day with with work and you know with marketing and tech stuff where people you know people of a certain generation will say, well, yeah, we we need you know this this new deployment of computers or we we need this new website or we need this marketing strategy. But I know a kid down the street who can do this for you know a tenth of the price that you're quoting us, and it, it's like, well, e- yeah, but do you understand the value quotient? And there's all sorts of never mind. I don't want to work with you because that's not going to go well anyway. <laughs> But I will say that you were talking about Ronald Reagan, for instance. So Reagan, yeah, I mean, he he was an actor, but he he quickly uh, got into politics in the 60s. Uh, not quickly, but, you know, as, as he was up in his older sort of after 50s life, I guess, uh, got into politics. And he, you know, was kind of influential in the in the Republican convention and then was governor of California for what two terms and then he served as as chairperson of the republican national committee so you know he he had some background and and people say well trump is new and trump doesn't understand politics and he's learning as he goes which is not true either because trump has been involved in politics since the 1980s and he's been talking about running for since 1996 he's been trying yeah, to run for since the 80s running as a constitutional party <laughs> candidate in, in 2000 right um, right. so, I mean, you know, 2012, he had an exploratory committee, but he's no Reagan in that regard. So I, I'm not a huge fan of Reagan, but, but I think Reagan, you know, president Trump, you're, you're no yeah. president Reagan. Um, you know, but, but we look at someone like Bill Clinton, for instance, who really gained kind of new traction because he understood the media of his day, just like Donald Trump understands the media of his day in, in some weird, like narcissistic sociopathic way. That is not cerebral, I don't think. I think it's just guttural. Um, but Bill Clinton, on the on the other hand, I, I mean, he's a, clearly an intelligent guy, red scholar, you know, very bright. Uh, he, he didn't have his daddy write a check for him to get to Yale and, and go to Harvard Law School and all that stuff. But Clinton, um, you know, went on Arsenio Hall and played the saxophone with shades on. And Arsenio called him the first black president because he understood the medium. And he understood like, okay, if I'm going to get young people activated, if I'm going to get, if I'm going to win Arkansas, if I'm going to win uh, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, or, or be competitive there, I've, I've got to really sort of figure out a way to be, you know, what we, what we would call woke, you know, these right. days. And, right. And, and, of, and of course, woke, exactly. Yeah. And of course, Obama did the same exactly. thing, right? Slow exactly. jamming the news and things like that, right? So, no, I, I, yeah. So, Oprah would bring that. 
right? She would bring, I, I think, a very fundamental understanding of um, media uh, culture. Yeah, for and, sure. but I, I just think um, that, that Trump is such a transitional figure as a politician because, yes, he uh, Trump and and what Trump kind of stands for, or doesn't stand for, or whatever, like that 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 sort of empty caricature of a, of a person um, represents the culmination of the last 15 years of, of media evolution. And he's a media driven president. Hence why he talks about being on Twitter and he doesn't care that Twitter is helping the obstruction case against him. He doesn't care that a federal judge is able to strike down one of his, you know, key pieces of, of propaganda these days with the DACA thing because of his tweets, you know, he, he's, He's putting his message out there because he thinks, and he rightly may claim this that that he understands. Um, look, I'm I'm not going to get below thirty percent, and he's not. You know, th- there's not going to be a president un- unless something wild really happens, which <laughs> here we are. But just theoretically, like looking at uh, you know quantum pathways here on on, on computer chips. There's no way he can get below 30% approval ratings. And all he needs is 30%. So as long as he's out there playing to this medium, playing this game of, well, this week Scaramucci's out, but guess what? He might come back for episode 10. So stay tuned in two months because Scaramucci's coming back, the mooch. You know, and you know, this week Steve Bannon's out, but guess what? In three months, uh, we're going to bring Steve Bannon back for Last Chance Kitchen, and he's going to cook his way back into the finale, and it's going to be great. And he just might win Top Chef. You know, it's, it's that same dopamine released stuff because I think that's what he he lives and thrives on. Um, but but it's a culmination of everything from from you know Red Rules to Real World to Big Brother to Survivor through The Apprentice through all the Voice and American Idols and all that stuff. Um, and everybody wants you know kind of a Gwen Stefani to to judge how well you're doing, and and that's where we are now. Um, uh, one point of clarification, uh, George W. Bush was his yeah, lowest 25, it's, it's, um, yeah, true. in 2008. <clears throat> so, but, uh, but of course his high was 90, um, after September 11th, exactly. So, um, right. So th- there can be fluctuation there and, but I, I do think you're right. I mean, pretty much 30 is, is his floor. <laughs> the other thing that gets me about the the kind of immediate jump to Oprah. And it, I just think it's symptomatic of a larger problem, um, both for Republicans and Democrats, but politics in general in this country is this, this idea that we have such a, we have the small pool, right? We're thinking about all the same people, right? So of course um, Republicans are trying to get uh, JD Vance to run in Ohio, <laughs> the author of Hillbilly Elegy, right? Because they have nobody else. Right. All right. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Okay. All right. But so they're trying to get him to run in Ohio and they're like, well, but you would get this person, and this person's not going to run and this person. And it's like, we have six people we can choose from and, you know, three of them don't want to run and this guy wants to, but we don't really think he can win. So who else can we get? Let's get some other famous guy, semi-famous guy, right? Cause he wrote this book that everybody <laughs> loved apparently. And, <laughs> you're, you're just- um, it's not. Bad. We can talk about that on an, on, an, on another show, but ah, but 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 you you see what I'm saying there. My point here is right is that we consistently say, okay, well, let's look around. Who can run? Who's already in office? Right. That's how we typically do it. Who's already in office, or who's a rich business person? That's typically how we make these decisions. And I mean, 
God, what a what a you know um, a, a failure of the imagination. I mean, at the, we do it at the local level, we do it at the national level, and and I think that's the other thing that's disappointing to me about this is like we really can't do any better. I love Joe Biden, but Joe Biden should not run in twenty twenty. Right. Bernie Sanders should not run again in 2020. Hillary Clinton should not run again in 2020. The Democratic Party needs fresh blood. And I would argue the the Republican Party does, too. They need to get Mitch McConnell out of there. He's dragging them down, just like Nancy Pelosi is dragging down the Democrats. Right. Um, But of course, they get in power and they're holding on to it. And I can understand that. Honestly, if I were there, I'd probably try to do the same thing. Right. But, you know, trying to look at the system as a whole. And I think, you know, I think part of what the the clamoring for Oprah to to be, you know, to run, uh, it, it's, is kind of rooted in just a lack of imagination of, you know, thinking about who else could actually run other than people that are already Plus famous or people that are already in another office. I mean, not that that's old, but I mean, that's, you know, young <laughs> Trump's our Trump, oldest president you know, compared to Trump, right? I mean, older than Reagan, you know, but right. I mean, Obama was one of our youngest presidents. So to go from Obama I mean, well, to go from 2008, where we had Obama versus McCain, and granted there was Palin, but either one of those would have been fantastic presidents, I think, to 2012, when we had Obama versus Mitt Romney, either one of those would have been okay presidents. I mean, there, you know, there are things I don't like about Mitt. There are things that I definitely don't like about Obama, but I, I like Mitt Romney a lot. Go watch that Netflix. Go watch that Netflix documentary on Mitt Romney. It, it'll it'll change your mind. I. Anyway, so to go from that kind of qualification to 2016, where it's, like you said, a failure, a failure of the imagination where we have Hillary versus Donald Trump. (laughs) And and even the whole slate of Republican candidates were old white guys, except for Ben Carson and Carly Fiorina. And, well, and um, Marco Rubio. You You can't. But but I'm I'm, I'm going to also say, and I know we have to wrap, but I think it's a failure of the imagination. I think it's a culmination of, of, you know, the the media evolution and and a real turning point. Because I don't think 2020 is going to play like 2016 did with the media. I don't think people, I think people are going to be not wiser, but I think people are going to be less uh, susceptible to things like fake news. Um, But I also think it's human nature because... And I, I don't want to get all metaphysic, anthropological, anthropological, whatever, but because I'm speaking way out of my ass and, and realm of insight and, and knowledge here. But from the stuff I've read, um, <laughs> I've read st- no, I've read books. James you read Scott. something on the internet so once. <laughs> I, I read all the great books. I've read books. My favorite book, all the books. Um, the the idea that we we find comfort, we find leadership in you know the older tribesmen or tribeswomen but mostly tribesmen who put off you know this this strong kind of hey I'm, I'm going to be your leader don't worry I got this you know there's something in our lizard brain that you know still kind of responds positively to that and if if we're not thinking with our, our full frontal cortex and we're just relying on that lizard brain reaction. You know, the same thing that, that tells you hit the brakes when you see the yellow light, hopefully, or, you know, it, same thing that tells you to grab your kid. If, if they start running in the parking lot, that lizard brain reaction responds favorably to someone kind of like Trump, you know, who's a strong man 
And hence, we have these strong men through history, whether it's Trump or I'm not going to go Godwin's route or, you know, Mussolini or, or Reagan or, or Ashurbanipal or, or right. Tanakarib. I'm telling you, yeah. it's, it's Gaddafi. It, I mean, so Gaddafi, Gaddafi, Gaddafi is Gaddafi, the yeah. best comparison. Yeah. It, it's this, you know, the, the ostentatiousness of Gaddafi, the long erratic speeches of Gaddafi. Yeah. If I had to pick one and, and, you know, if you've read my writing before, you know, I wouldn't just pick one, but if I had to pick one, it's Gaddafi, but no, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I don't disagree there. There's comfort in there, right? It, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that they should throw me up on the 2020 slate by any means. Um, but I mean, but Hey, you know, if, if the DNC is listening and you want to, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll have a conversation. Um, my point is like, they're not even looking, neither party is right. And we've talked about this before. You got to have a bench and all this stuff. And the Republicans have built a bench because the Democrats basically ignored everything that wasn't the white house for a decade. And so the Republicans actually are, have been building a bench with the, which the Democrats hadn't haven't. And so if your qualification is for any office, for governor, for, you know, Senate, for Congress, for, uh, the president is, you know, already has been in some office of some sort, then yeah, the Democrats don't really have many people they can look to. Um, and so, you know, we had the primary that we had in 2016. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that, I think you're right. There's something comforting like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh yeah. I remember watching Oprah and man, you remember when John, you know, and Tom Hanks, it was Tom you know, Cruise, jumped on that Tom couch. that was crazy. Or you remember when she did this or <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks was, Tom, Tank, yeah, Tom Hanks then, was what at but, but her then same she's table. She's also like a like a, like a anyway, fake peddler, Cruise, you know. Yeah. Like she she had um, the guy who you know wrote the the fake book, and you know she's always had like kooks on her show who who pushed fake philosophy psychology. Right, and then and then her like her whole philosophy, and it wasn't early on in her in her TV show career, but but she made the switch. Um, you know, after a little while and has been on that for, you know, a couple of decades, her like working philosophy now, at least that she puts out publicly is a, a very kind of, I think a Republican conservative message that is, you can pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, you know, if you just, exactly. you know, it's, yeah. it's a Norman Vincent Peel, the power of positive thinking, yeah. Yeah, know, it, it's that, which is, which is Trump. Right. I mean, so, so in, in those regards, you know, there is there there's a lot of similarity to that. You know, you know, it's it's not shocking. Right. We were talking in the pre-show about Warren Buffett and the differences between Warren Buffett as a billionaire and Oprah and Trump as billionaires. But, you know, it, a lot of people that find themselves in that situation of being really rich and being really successful, um, they don't they can't fathom that there were certain structures that maybe helped them in Donald Trump's case, or maybe the luck, the way that it panned out um, for Oprah is not going to work for everybody else. Right. That um, you see in the Academy too, people that get tenure track jobs can't fathom that um, it's not a pure meritocracy that they didn't completely deserve that job. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a kind of a fundamental philosophical issue I would have if she does end up running um, that would, you know, yeah, I exactly. think affect a lot of her policies I mean, as well. That That's going to be the, the big, I don't know, decider. I, I don't think she's going to run, but just to see the, the excitement that people have. No, but I'll tell yeah, you what, it's, what, it's, um, it's going to be Trump good for a brand. didn't want to win. Right? 
Right. And that that's the main thing that came out of the, the Wolf book, the Fire and Fury. Right. And, 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 you know, it's it's not well written. We were talking about that. And there are some things in there that probably are not true. There are a lot of things that probably are. But the kind of basic generalization is he didn't want to win and nobody around him wanted him to win except maybe Steve Bannon. And uh, we're shocked when he did because it would have been actually better for all of them had he not won because then his brand would have been increased. He'd be making more money, uh, but he wouldn't actually have to do the thing he didn't know how to do and clearly is unprepared to do. (laughs) My my business has more scrutiny than his business and it's not fair, damn it. (laughs) It's just hard work. Uh, I need lawyers. I need lawyers. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Thomas. That was, uh, and we're going to cut it a little short tonight. That's what he said. Cut a little short tonight, but do don't forget, um, update your devices. As soon as you're done listening to this, I mean, you got to finish the show, right? You can't just do an update in the middle of the show, update your devices, send us the podcast, uh, that you listen to and love. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. Sam is at Sam Harrelson. I'm at Thomas Whitley. You can always find this great podcast at thinking.fm.